mindset kind of started when I was six years old and that was whenever we first moved over to Hungary and we I downloaded a widget on my computer or I guess my parents computer at the time but the one they were letting me use and it showed like how to change like what the exchange rates were from like Hungarian forints to U.S. dollars to Bulgarian stutinkies to like everything and so I would like watch that day after day and I'd be like man if I had traded this many U.S. dollars for this many Hungarian forints then traded back a few days later I could have made all this money but at the time I didn't have any money to invest in that at six years old so later on in fourth grade I was going to an elementary school and that was when my first like real sales started. I started selling gum to kids at school and I knew like there'd be a high demand because I'd be chewing it and then they would want some and I would sell them the packs of gum. That's and then interesting. Uh, like I used to trade Scoobies with Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever is in demand at your school works so that's good <laughs> and then later on I kind of got into more of the online region and I started doing some drop shipping and selling stuff on eBay and then later I created a website for local artisans around when I moved to Florida and like people would make honey or pottery or whatever and I would sell it on my website because they didn't have a place online to sell and then last year is when I wound up writing my book on goal setting and then I created a website around that and I was figuring out how I could use that to really help people help specifically entrepreneurs and so I figured out a way to where I could help teach them how to reach their entrepreneurial goals through figuring out like how to build the website and how to attract their ideal clients, how to find that and how to do all that without wasting like hours and weeks and months and wasting thousands of dollars, just like figuring out how to do that quickly and how to pivot. And that's kind of where I am today. How do you actually attract the clients? Is it, is it through the content or like um, the content you put out there? Uh, most of it is what I refer to as borrowing other people's audiences. And that is like, whenever you look for somebody, you find somebody who like has a YouTube channel or blog posts on their website or something else that like, they already have like a audience to there that reflects your own audience that you're trying to get to or a podcast for example like you have different people on here that are 
wanting to like start businesses or have those ideas in their mind. And <clears throat> what you do is you have to get in front of them, like through, like I wrote a blog post, a blog article for somebody who has about 100,000 subscribers already. And it's in that same area that I'm in. So I was able to get exposure, but teaching them at the same time and giving them a lot of value because no matter what business you're in, you need to give value first. And so that's what these things do. That's what like, if I'm hoping that I'll be able to give you value and your audience value through this podcast. And if they have additional questions, then they'll see that value that I've given and maybe reach out to me or go to my website. So that is the best way that I've found to find ideal clients because they're already there and you're already able to provide them value, which is number one in anything that you do. And so I, that's, that's the main way that I teach people how to attract clients. That's uh, wonderful. And I wanted to also talk about uh, the what different type of small businesses had uh, were affected from the pandemic as well. Because I know uh, there were big companies as well affected as soon as they put the lockdown uh, in early 2020, like Apple's was, uh, Apple, uh, the Apple store was affected, the Barnes and Nobles, the Arnold restaurants, the Bergdorf, Goodman, and Disneyland, of course, Fiat, Ford, all those car companies were hit. So can you uh, tell me what other different types of small businesses were affected during the pandemic? So as a lot of us realized, like the restaurant industry took a huge hit because we weren't able to go into the restaurants like the by the decrees of the law, people were not allowed to go in and the they weren't ready for everything to go virtual, everything to go as fast as it did. Like what happened with our technology advancements and everything going virtual and things kind of ramping up on the internet, it was inevitably going to happen, but just the pandemic made it happen so much faster than a lot of people were prepared for. And so that's why I get affected the restaurants so badly, but thankfully a lot of them were able to adapt through like different things like Uber Eats and a lot of restaurants that I don't know would have been on that same train with delivering food through that service or through other services wound up adapting for that. And so restaurants were hit bad and different, a lot of in-person things were hit bad, a lot of in-person businesses, brick and mortars. And so that's, that's the main thing. I mean, with thankfully with online businesses that wasn't affected as much but a lot of the restaurants, a lot of those were affected greatly. And salons as well, right? Because nobody's going for haircuts. They did it at home. I remember I was doing it at home. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to a salon. And so I, my girlfriend practiced on me 
and I'm sure it'll turn out better the next time. It was just, <laughs> I'm thankful for salons. Yeah, uh, the salon, the barbers, um, and uh, the bakers as well, right? Yeah. And, yeah, so I remember like walking down on the street and just buying stuff just to help them get by because I know that they can't get by. Mm-hmm. Um, and what steps uh, can they take in this case to mitigate uh, the risk for a company that suffered greatly from uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. So like the kind of like I was talking about, the restaurant shifted to figuring out ways to not have their industries like being so in person, like they're able to deliver it. They're able to figure out ways to do that and like partner with people like Uber or even different restaurants could figure out ways to do that themselves, offer that service through their own apps or through, because a lot of restaurants like Panera and um, Starbucks, whatever, like they have apps already. And so maybe integrating those services into those apps will take out steps from those people and make it easier for people. Or like the gyms were greatly affected too. And ways that they could figure out to kind of mitigate those issues are to get their trainers that they have or the people who are working in a gym to maybe figure out ways to teach people online like they already have a lot of times their emails in the system that's how they look me up sometimes when I don't have the card and so just like reaching out to them and just being like hey we're offering this service now like if you want to continue paying the monthly fee then like you can have like a personalized trainer online yeah, or, that's, cool. that's cool but what, what about hotels because tourism was uh, greatly affected by the pandemic itself yeah yeah it was and so for hotels they can figure out ways because to to really get to the bottom of what affects us to purchase different things is a lot of times it's a feeling like you want to feel happy or if you are going into like a hotel service then you may want to feel relaxed and so like they know that and that's like our emotions are what typically drive us to buy and so figuring out what those emotions are like for hotels for example like they can figure out like okay well they want to feel relaxed so like what will cause that but they also need a place to stay so in the meantime they could figure out ways to like get in on the airbnb service temporarily until things kind of change because those are services that they would already be providing so maybe they can partner with them and like refer people to them or figure out ways to help people like stay in different areas maybe if they're they could get rvs or like just different ways that they could be creative at least temporarily that these ways will also benefit them in the long run i think that's one of the important things to look at is not investing in just what will happen and help now 
but also helping in the long run to create some additional revenue. Yes, and it's also uh, given way to so much of innovations as well. So you have new gadgets on the to replace doctors as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that's kind of cool, and it's kind of like um, the world is kind of renewing itself. Like you find yes, find it like shifting from an old world to a completely new era. Yeah, at a really faster space. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. So what are the opportunities uh, that exist for a company that didn't do so great in the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, so for us as entrepreneurs and for startups, for smaller businesses, we have a lot of opportunities right now because adversities for us are where our opportunities come in because any services, any products that we offer are built on things that solve other people's problems. And we all know that there's a lot of problems going on right now, a lot of unexpected occurrences that are less than ideal. And so those in themselves lend opportunities for us to adapt. Like I was, I heard about um, somebody who right at the beginning of the pandemic was about to release an app that they had been working on for months and it was an app that was um, created for marathon runners but then that all got shut down so like all their work they're like man what do i do and but then they realized that they could take that opportunity to do something that was completely brand new and they wound up being one of the first people to start the virtual marathons to where people all over the world could run like at the same time and like time it on their app. And so just like different little things like that, like, yes, maybe it looks horrible to you. Like you put in all this work on this business, but you're that much more ahead of the game of somebody who is just now trying to start a business because you have all those resources in place. You have all those things already lined up. And so you're, if you just tweak things just a little bit, then you can figure out great ways to take all of that momentum that you had and to create something beautiful out of that that people won't have already thought of. And so right now is, I think, the best time to have those businesses starting because there's so many problems which lead to so many opportunities for us to solve problems as business owners yes um and uh, people might think they are behind um way behind during this time but it's actually if they actually think about it at the same time they're ahead of society so yeah absolutely yeah it works in both ways so that's Mm -hmm. uh, that's the beauty of it So how will small businesses have to adapt their business operations in response to everything that's happening during COVID-19? I think a big part of that is just if you don't have like a good internet connection and you don't have like a lot of technological things set up, then adapting that to where you can utilize that and take advantage of that and 
just like figuring out ways to do things virtually, like for at least the time being. And on that note, it's a lot better for us in a lot of ways because our potential clients and our clients that we have right now, our customers, like everybody is getting so much more comfortable with using Zoom and with using like these advancements because they were forced to, but now we're able to have that for our own selves to be able to serve more people around the world and serve different audiences that wouldn't have had the capacity to be able to receive our services. So there's people everywhere that have different needs that we're able to fill if those businesses kind of change a little bit and get on board with like the, all the things that are advancing so quickly. Yes, and it also depends on the geographical area, right? If you don't like have those facilities, then you're kind of behind um, on the on the game. Mm-hmm. And how how would you how would you like uh, give them advice on these these sort of situations? As far as the technology goes, or as far as just like in general? In general. Um, if they are behind the technology they have no access to to the technology okay yeah so i mean if they don't have the technology in place then that's easy but if they don't have access to it then like i know different areas around the world don't have that so maybe that's an opportunity right there for them to start something because that's not in place the infrastructure isn't already there so that's somebody has to fill that capacity at some point. And so that could be their whole thing. That would be huge. Or if they don't feel that as their calling, then they could just move to somewhere else that has those abilities. Just, it really depends on the individual because we all have different talents that we want to relay to others. Like our talents are how we serve people. So just depending on who it is and like what their situation is, like there's different options for that. Yes. uh, And also there was an increase in unemployment during this time. I feel like a lot of discrimination occurred, especially in America where like most of the, most of the Asian Americans um, were actually unemployed and the blacks. So more than the rest of the people. So, this is a uh, this also shows that entrepreneurship is emerging like you could we can't depend on the job sector and why is entrepreneurship uh, emerging explain in detail yeah so entrepreneurship is kind of the answer to these problems like the answer to a lot of problems because you don't have to rely on somebody else for that paycheck. You don't have to wonder if you're going to be laid off for any number of reasons, because you are the one who is controlling that. You're the one who is creating that job for yourself. And your job is at that point based on the value that you provide to the market, because this is a free market economy. So if you're, 
providing plenty of value, then you're not going to have to worry about like losing that because you're serving that sector of people you're serving, you're fixing that problem for others. And so I think entrepreneurial mindsets and entrepreneurial shift is because of all the unemployment and the opportunities that we're seeing now, but also a lot of that has to do with the advancements in technology, like we were talking about, because there people, if they didn't realize it before, they're realizing it now, how easy it is to like, just start an online business and just like seeing other people do that. I think they're, that kind of motivates other people. It's like the first four minute mile that was ever run. Like doctors said it was physically impossible. Like nobody could ever do it. And then people tried it for years and years. And then right after one person ran the first four minute mile, then it was like six people in the next year. And so people are seeing other people create these businesses. They're seeing other people probably on YouTube ads and all of these people talking about starting these opportunities. And so they're like, oh, well, why don't I just do that? Why don't I kind of build that security for myself and for my family? Or even if they are still in a job, they can create that other sense of security. Like if this job goes awry, if something happens with that, then I have this that I've already built up. And why are people also dependent on the job sector? Because I find that um, every time they look for a resolution, they're looking at uh, a solution for their life. They're looking at the job sector. For the, maybe I'm misunderstanding the question, but are you, um, are you saying that like a lot of people are? Yes. Uh, so dependent over it. And mm-hmm. they like they're still like accustomed to the old ways. Like, yeah, well, it's hard for any of us to change. Like we're, so we get in a rut. We like, it's like we do the same things over and over again. We have seen our parents like get different jobs. We've seen that like our, everybody around us like doing it this way. And so our mindset kind of gets in that groove. Like we, it digs in every time like that we take that path. It's like the paths in the woods, like you see where everybody else has gone. It's so much easier in our minds. To keep... right? And it's so comfortable and you feel like you're not alone, but when you're doing something by yourself, you feel like you're completely isolated from society itself. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing on your point right there, is about the comfort of doing it with other people is that like we it's hard to have that motivation if everybody that we see and everybody that's around us is just like job 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 nine to five nine to five and that's why it's so critical in my opinion to find other people that are of the same mindset that are starting businesses that you're able to support them you're able to encourage them and you're able to be encouraged by their presence as well because that sense of community i think that that's huge so for to get back to your question originally 
is that just the most of that just comes down to what we've seen and who we're around and just like the people who we we interact with on a day-to-day basis and that we're friends with and so just like i think the main way to kind of shift out of that rut is to surround yourself with like-minded people yeah because i felt like that happened to me at one point because as soon as i changed my mind said okay i'm not depending on the job sector now now i'm going to like uh, try to make my own business and um i felt like the my previous like clique i had like weren't we weren't like we didn't have the same mindset i would say so i had yeah. to stop and like find my own community as well yeah like how it's so difficult during this pandemic to also find your specific community is. but yeah what advice would you give to these young entrepreneurs trying to find their yeah their little circle yeah so what i've done like personally is that i don't have a lot of people that were originally in my life that were entrepreneurial minded but i just went on to like facebook groups and i joined a linkedin group that was specifically for entrepreneurs like close to this area and just like interacting with them and communicating with them like it just gives you a lot of inspiration and one of the groups that i found was through um one of the courses that i took on goal setting success and then i joined their facebook group and then like the people in there like one of them had another group and then just like talking with them and seeing them and even whenever i'm not talking to them just like going through like the facebook feed and seeing all their like their questions and their comments and i'm like yeah i'm not alone in this like there's a lot of other people who are just like they feel driven to create something wonderful that they can share with other people and clients and customers so how would um young uh, entrepreneurs can stay motivated because i feel like it um, your feelings are, are kind of like your emotions are like fluctuations mhm yeah. yeah so how would you give them advice on how to stay motivated yeah so the number one thing that i would say is whenever you get into those groups whenever you find those places to just like keep in contact with some people keep in like make those relationships because you're going to need some accountability at some point because you become the average of the five people that you hang out around the most so keeping that in mind and like keeping that in place whenever you're like communicating with those people when you're finding those places just like building a, at least a couple of relationships that you keep up with but also after that just figuring out like why you're doing it like i know why i am building my business i know why i spend like hours on end just like doing tedious things it's because i want to have helped thousands of people with their own businesses and to find those purposes and to find that motivation and so just like figuring out your why why you're doing it 
going back to that whenever you're just like plugging away at something that you don't really see the the relevancy at the point but you know that you need to do it just like going back to that and having that fuel you yeah i kind of have a journal as to why i do why why i do most of my stuff and i write down the why and i try to go as detailed as possible because uh, i feel like this is this has been the education system has been the biggest problem in my life like me mm-hmm. trying it doesn't solve uh, my problems like to be i need i need to be financially independent doesn't solve that and i feel like i'm learning a lot but i'm not getting anywhere mm. like i should be so that's why i thought to myself uh, i have a i have written about um i have 69 words on the why in my like uh, <laughs> 69,000 words uh, on the why oh, wow. that I need, yeah that I needed to do it's my journal and I kept a part of it private um and mm-hmm. I also released a book uh, uh based on the, it's like a fictional story I, because I don't want to tell all the details about my life so yeah mm-hmm. yeah and kind of hitting on that whenever you feel like you're doing all these things but you're not really seeing that growth one thing that i really loved it was from um i don't remember what book it was from but this is not original to me it was small smart choices plus time plus consistency equals radical results and, and the I, reason i don't think that you see the growth because you are the person who is like it's in your perspective so you don't see much the growth is like the people around you is are the people mm-hmm. who actually witness the growth and they can actually see it yeah you can't actually see it because you are the person who is putting the hard work you are the person who is trying to make it happen so yeah i think that also the different perspectives also play a role oh absolutely and that's one reason that i've always sought out different mentors in my life because they're a lot wiser than i am but also they can see what i can't see because they're looking at me from like a different lens like you're talking about because like you have all these like self thoughts you have all these things that it looks pretty much the same to you because you see it day after day like you don't see like that radical change but like other people can see it and so that's that's another reason that i always like try to find those mentors how can you find those mentors i like i tried searching for people uh, and it was through um podmatch that i was like trying uh-huh. to yeah mentors and stuff like this but um i also find uh, mentors on like facebook groups as well yeah um this this is kind of like one way that i've done it is just like thinking back on different courses that i've taken and things that i've already kind of like invested in towards them and people who i've already gotten lots of value out of just like writing them and showing them like how i've gotten this value and like what i've done with it and like showing them like what it's done in my life and so just like that right there that 
encourages them a lot because they have this like testimonial they have like this case study that they have and so then they feel more inclined to like help you because they see like what a difference they've already made in your life and so just like asking them different questions like being respectful of their time but just like asking those important questions and just like having that feedback even as small as it can be just is incredibly motivating to you and insightful because of all their years of wisdom that they've come up with yeah i feel like i'm continuously trying to find uh, people who are like well more well educated than me because i feel like i need that guidance because i don't have guidance in the in my real life so i'm always like in search of uh, people who can help me so what would you uh, where where would you uh, find these like uh, pro- people on linkedin probably yeah on linkedin or like different i've taken different courses on udemy and so then they'll have like their emails there and and just like different like a lot of them have websites themselves most of them do and so contacting them through that there's yeah. it's hard to not be found these days <laughs> yeah you you just type it on google and probably they show up but then yeah. you know which uh, which one is the best for you because uh, sometimes uh, I, i guess like mentors are on different levels of life and you have to pick the one that resonates with you mhm so yeah and you need to look at like not only what their business life looks like because that's only one facet of their life and so they won't know like what facets are important to you like what things that you also want to focus on so like finding somebody who is like well versed in different areas of your life that matter to you like ones that you can see like they spend time with their family or they like talk about their family a lot and they talk about like that free time instead of spending like 100 hours a week on their business and the reason for that is because if you're getting advice from somebody who is like 20 years down the road from you and they're still spending 100 hours a week on their business then they're they haven't figured it out like they're going to give you advice for somebody who wants that life if that's not what you want so like just looking and seeing like their wisdom in a more well-rounded aspect i think is important too yeah and it also depends on their version of success like i think everybody has a different de- definition of success so mm-hmm. i will like success for me is having a balance of the work life and the family life as well so if that balance is not there i feel like i'm stressed out mhm i feel like even if i had too many like um there would if there is a time that i will like have too many vacations i will still be stressed out nothing to do and then there's there's a, um i also thought back is like if i've been working 100 hours i will i will definitely it's healthy for unhealthy for my body and i will be sleep deprived and that's not the life i want to live again yeah absolutely so uh, next question so how can you integrate new future business models from the learnings through a lockdown um so 
just looking kind of at how things have changed and looking at like how they've already progressed, thinking about that and seeing like what has worked for different companies is important because like your, your model is not going to be the same as like hotel models because they're, they're going to pretty much stay like for the most part in the same realm of like different ways that they do things, but just like looking at different businesses that have been successful and seeing like the constants that are there and seeing the variables that are there and paying most, most close attention to the differences between them and figuring out like why those are in place before you start moving on to your own model of that, because, um, one of my favorite quotes, Warren Buffett says, it's good to learn from your mistakes, but it's better to learn from the mistakes of others. And so I'm just like taking some time to analyze what is working for other companies, what other businesses with this shift and applying that to what your vision of your own business is going to be. But then just starting, that's, that's the key is to where if you're just staying in place and you type in a destination that you want to get to in your GPS, then you're still not going to be rerouted. Like you have to start moving a little bit before it picks up where you are. And then you're able to pivot and you're able to get to that destination because you're moving and it's, you're seeing like you're able to adjust like where to go towards that. So just keeping those two things in mind. Yes, uh, and uh, one of the uh, problems I face while uh, starting the business is like, do I have to be so perfect? Because mm-hmm. uh, the thing is that uh, I'm tra- also trying to make business models like big companies and um, and I'm finding out that like, let me just start it because yeah. I can figure it out on the way. Mm-hmm. Isn't that better? Because everybody's looking for per- perfection right now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no such thing as perfect. And that's why I think that starting is one of the most critical things or is the most critical thing, but also like taking in that feedback while you've already started, like looking at other models, like to compare to yourself, but that is most easiest. That's the easiest whenever you've already started and you're already like doing things because it's so much harder to like conceptualize in your head before you've ever done something like there's always going to be so many more things to an area that you're trying to create than you've ever thought were going to be there because there's like it's like that four um four different sections of learning it's like the unconscious incompetence, the conscious incompetence, the conscious competence, and then the unconscious competence. Like you don't know what you didn't know and until you start. And so that's why like starting gets you towards that learning curve so much quicker because you're learning what you need to look for anyways. Yeah. But like it, like sometimes for some people i would say they know how to do it but they don't know how to do uh they don't know that they know that they know 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind and, of like everything is unconscious for them, but they're actually mm-hmm. going in the right way. Yeah. Just how to put that into words is the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, like you're pointing out, like everybody just needs to start, like everybody needs to start to where they realize that they know that or they realize that they didn't know that so just just starting is super critical yeah and uh one last question uh covid19 raises a lot of skepticism and uncertainty um have you any idea when all of this will be over i no, I I cannot answer that question with any type of certainty because do you have it, any idea at least like will the World Bank uh, says everything will be over by 2025? I think surely by then it'll be over. Yeah. I don't know. I would guess in the next couple of years that everything will be kind of cleared out and because the yes, there's a lot of variants, but the further you get away from the first strain, the weaker, like that gets to where it can live longer. Like I'm not a biologist. Like these are just like things that I've read. So I'm not like giving any medical advice, but I think this is just like my purely my thoughts. So I think in the next couple of years. Yeah. So Everybody has to just adapt to everything what's going on, pay attention, most uh, most importantly, be aware of uh, every, everything that's going on so that they could think ahead or pro- provide a solution for everything that is occurring right now. How, what, yeah. yeah, what do you think about the political system? Is, is, it, is it doing its best? I don't think so. What, what's your opinion? I... Uh, I... I'm not in their position, so I can't like say for sure, but I can say for pretty sure, just like looking at it and just everything like in the news and like all their like statements and there's, there could be a lot better decisions being made. And it's just, it's hard whenever you have like so many opposing views from the different political parties that it's just hard to have that cohesion but yes they could definitely be doing better yeah uh, i also felt that and i feel like whenever there is a problem in the world um, the solution for these political parties is discrimination Mm. yeah like i feel like um because uh for health passports or vaccine passports the thing is that when you impose that or mandate vaccines, you are going to, um, especially in crowded areas like restaurants and stuff like this, you're going to see the public split into two parts. Mm-hmm. It's going to divide. So there's going to be yeah. a lot of discrimination, especially happening during this time. So I feel like the politi- political parties for every little problem, their solution is discrimination. What's your opinion about that? Um, yeah, I think that anytime that you make a strong mandate that it's going to divide people into people who agree with it and people who 
like just don't want to be controlled by the government. Yeah, and then human rights also um, is a question there because uh, you're not supposed, according to the law, you're not supposed to discriminate people like that. And so that raises a question. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a huge mess right now. Yeah. I'm excited for for it to be over. Yes, and for entrepreneurs, uh, we do have this kind of freedom to take the business by ourselves or is this uh, only for some countries? Um, do you mean like for us to create job opportunities or for us yeah. to create? Yes, because for us, like some people who are entrepreneurs, they, um, depending on their business, of course, and they they can they have their own freedom compared mm-hmm. to uh, everybody else so they can make their own choices yeah yeah so i think i i think that if i'm understanding it correctly like that different businesses should be able to say like what their opinion is on like wearing masks or vaccinations like for them to have those customers and server services provided to them because they're the ones that are at risk and they're the ones that are trying to provide those solutions to people. So I don't think it is in their best interest or anybody's best interest for the government to control that aspect. So can uh, the government actually control uh, some of the entrepreneurs like restaurant owners on what they do? Um, they, they do. Like, I don't know where like you're currently living right now, but here in Florida, like they made it to where, at least for a while, that you weren't allowed to go into different businesses without wearing a mask. Oh, yeah, here too. And they are kind of imposed the help pass, which everybody, like, so many people went on strike and they went to the prefecture of law. So um, in, in France, and uh, that's what happened. And like five hospitals in uh, my area went on strike immediately mm-hmm. after they imposed the law, even though it's yeah. a brief uh, period of time. Mm-hmm. And also, this is like uh, if they if they actually obey the government, aren't they losing customers? Um, yeah, there is definitely not helping with the because a lot of people, like you're saying, are kind of divided against that. So they're going to be losing quite a bit of people if that's the case, because some people aren't comfortable with that enforcement and so they're gonna be like more hesitant to visit those those places those brick and mortars and have a much higher tendency to just go online yeah but like this uh do you think that the situation will get better in the future yeah absolutely yeah especially after three months or more than three months um if you had asked me like two weeks ago, if it was three months, then I would have said definitely yes. 
but at least like around here things seem to be going back a little bit backwards because like at different places like in the county that i'm living in they have started requiring masks in different places again and we had completely gotten away from that and so they're kind of reacting to what they believe is an uprising in the number of cases and number of reported cases which i don't know if they're actual cases or not because they've really skewed the numbers and yes. called a lot of things covid so it so i don't know about the so, three months yeah. so now. as i would say mandate the mask because the mask kind of protects you and protects the uh like the sick person from spreading the disease itself so i would say mandate the mask if i was a president but do not mandate the vaccines mm-hmm. i think that would be a better choice yeah and it's fun. yeah i agree yeah Anyways, Nathan uh, Bynum, it was so, uh, like, I'm so glad you uh, joined the podcast. Uh, and we can, like, discuss it on another episode as well. Okay, sounds good. And um, if you, I don't know if you've seen it, or I can send it to you, like, the place that you can put a link into the description for, for anybody who wants the information. Yeah. I can, I'll send you that like through the podcast. Thank you, Nathan Bagram. And make sure you um, subscribe to Teo Podcast, the Pandemic Press. We are available on any device. Uh, also, we are on YouTube as well, Teo Podcast uh, at uh, Teo uh, Academy on YouTube. And also, we have created our first website so you can um, join us there. Um, it's www.teoac.com together simple letters dot net you can find us there as well um and i am your host and i will be signing out